You are tuned in to WMNF Tampa, where we don't test our programming on animals. We know the universe loves good music and the truth. A governor snubs a president. Neo-Nazis march again in Florida. And why do we celebrate Labor Day? The violent beginnings of a day to honor U.S. workers. Happy Labor Day. You are tuned to Community Speaks. I'm your host, Patro Mabili. You can call me today to discuss worker issues and political intrigue in this state. Irene will gladly take your call. You can also write me, DJ, at WMNF.org. And a uh, shout out to the Sustainable Living Show, Andy Coogan and Annie, uh, Kenny Coogan and Annie Ellis. And uh, always, always learning something on that show. So it's great to follow the Sustainable Living Show. But right now, you're tuned to Community Speaks. And today, President Joe Biden is in Philadelphia celebrating unions and job creation during this Labor Day. And last week, he visited us here in Florida to view the storm damage from Hurricane Idalia and pledge federal dollars to those areas impacted and the governor did not have time for him. A snub by a Republican presidential candidate towards a Democratic president is a form of campaigning for a far right wing Republican trying not to get criticized by his racist and chauvinistic base. And some of them marched outside Disney in Democratic late Buena Vista and the governor had nothing to say about that but we know that there have been organizations such as the NAACP and the LGBTQ uh, organization called Equality Florida have put out uh, travel advisories warning people this is the kind of thing you will see here in Florida because of the political climate here and those people were out screaming white power they were (laughs) talking about all kinds of uh, just saying all kinds of racist things uh, pushing for uh, to be seen pushing to be seen and and to get in the face of those who support Disney over the governor's uh, war on LGBTQ people Uh, so they were uh, chanting against the LGBTQ and against people of color and this is uh, becoming all too common, this boldness, because of the political climate. People in the Republican Party continuing to give voice and bold, give, give them a platform, a permission platform to recreate this history. But speaking of history, we got to start today as we celebrate Labor Day here in the United States, celebrating workers. We're going to talk about all of the implications that workers have faced. Uh, we know that those people who are uh, those neo-Nazis have hated the idea of immigrants as well in this country under the guise that immigrants are taking their jobs. But the Lake Buena Vista area and the Orlando area, which is heavily Democratic, is not the only area in Florida dealing with proud Nazis marching and spreading their hatred. 
in Altamont Springs, which is about 25 miles from Walt Disney World, a group of white supremacists marched down the street waving Nazi flags, yelling anti-Semitic things, anti-LGBTQ things, and this is their politics. Uh, but it used to be a time when worker issues were the thing that brought people together, uh, which gets us to the history of why we celebrate Labor Day. We've got to talk about how a lot of the things that we take for granted today, such as pensions, such as the eight-hour day, were all started because workers went on strike. Workers demanded companies uh, listen to their demands, give in to their demands, uh, create better working conditions. We have all of that today because unions rose up in stage strikes and demanded these these changes and uh we see that unions have fallen out of favor for politically for people on the right, but they continue to stand up for themselves. Like I said, President Biden is in Philadelphia right now celebrating unions. Uh, he was at the Labor Day parade today speaking about the importance of unions. And Labor Day comes this year against the backdrop of an increasingly emboldened U.S. unions and a potential strike by 146,000 United Auto Workers Union members. And as Biden likes to say, he's the most pro-union president in history. Biden has used his executive actions to promote worker, uh, worker organizing and has authorized federal funding to aid union members' pensions. And this event today was hosted by the Philadelphia AFL-CIO. Uh, he's the... Uh, president has been celebrating the latest jobs reports that it, it was pretty much in line with what economists had expected he was uh that was just a few days ago it was the jobs report said that america's employers added 187,000 jobs in the month of august which is evidence of a slowing but still resilient labor market despite the high interest rates the federal reserve has imposed with its raising rates constantly. But if you're managing to save, those higher rates have helped you. Uh, it's boosted giving interest, paid interest to your savings accounts. But if you're trying to get a loan, uh, it's made car loans and mortgages much higher. Uh, Florida has ranked number 30 in its, this uh, list of best and worst states. For the workers and a lot of people pointing out that it only ranks as high as it does because it came up seven spots in this annual ranking. A lot of people are suggesting that was because of the voters in this state. Voters had approved a ballot initiative back in 2020 to raise the minimum wage to $15 statewide by the year 2026. In 2018 and 2019, it ranked 37th overall. But this year, Florida ranks 30th in the way it's uh, in terms of the best and the worst states for workers. So let's go and take a historical perspective to talk about how we began this uh, holiday called Labor Day. It's a historic strike called the Pullman Strike in Chicago that was violently put down and ever since then i guess the president after that happened grover cleveland wanted to 
mend ties with the nation's workers. And so we decided to start celebrating Labor Day after that happened. But this happened in 1890s, and we have been going back and forth politically as to whether or not unions actually empower workers. We'll talk more about that after we take a listen to a historic document, only about five minutes, four minutes long, about why the Pullman strike happened and how this was the violent beginning of Labor Day celebration in the United States. You're tuned to Community Speaks. You can write us at djwnf.org. You can call us, 813-239-9663, as we listen to uh, this historical account of the Pullman strike and the beginnings, the violent beginnings of Labor Day here in the United States. In 1880, the president of the Pullman Palace Car Company, George M. Pullman, developed a model industrial town and named it Pullman, Illinois. The area was annexed to the city of Chicago in 1889. Today, the Pullman community takes great pride in preserving the history and architecture of this unique neighborhood. The Pullman Palace Car Company grew rapidly and became quite successful in the 1870s. Mr. Pullman saw the need to build a new modern shop to make the cars. That is when he decided to build the town of Pullman to attract the talent needed to design and build the cars from the inside out. He thought that by having a good, comfortable environment for him to live in besides work, that he would have be able to attract the talent needed and be more competitive. The National Landmark District of Pullman is east of Cottage Grove from 103rd to 115th Streets. The Pullman District is very unique in its architectural style. So there was this incredible range of housing types and that contributed to both the physical and social diversity of the town, which still exists today. As an architect, you, you really appreciate this conscious effort to create something that is still basically working 130 years later. This area was almost lost due to urban renewal when in the 1960s there was a proposal to demolish all the residential properties and make Pullman into an industrial area. The residents responded by reactivating the Pullman Civic Organization and began improving their homes and restoring them back to their original beauty. Out of that, the Beeman Committee for the Preservation of Historic Pullman was formed. We had three major objectives. One was to get the area designated a national, state, and city landmark. The other objective, as part of that, was to make the residents aware of the significance of the architecture and develop an understanding and appreciation of it. And the third thing was to make the general public aware of the historical significance of the town of Pullman. In 1973, the historic Pullman Foundation was formed. It preserves the history and artifacts of the neighborhood. When you visit the area, your first stop should be the visitor center. Here you will discover the history of the Pullman area and have the chance to view historical artifacts of the Pullman cars as well as the community. Pullman has been used as a backdrop and has been the inspiration for several movies. immigrants were coming to America. They were reasonably unskilled, but often quite cheap labor, and they were exploited for such. So that the typical work day could be 12 hours. 
Uh, they often worked six days a week, sometimes seven days a week. Child labor was not allowed, but it wasn't regulated, and so kids as young as six, seven, eight, ten worked in the mills. And the conditions were not terribly safe. There were terrible accidents that occurred. The first Labor Day was uh, September 1882. The founder probably was Matthew McGuire. He helped to organize a major march and demonstration to affirm labor's rights. And 10,000 people marched. That was a Tuesday. It was the first Tuesday in September, which triggered a national Labor Day in 1894 was a rather dramatic strike that took place. The Pullman workers in Chicago went out on strike. The federal government intervened because the Pullman cars basically ended up with a boycott of them, stopped the American railway system from operating. So the federal troops were called out to crush the strike. People were killed. It was a terribly violent strike. It was not a happy day for labor. Government, being politicians, wanted labor on their side. And so as a concession, they then passed legislation authorizing a Labor Day, first Monday in September, from then on. Labor Day has evolved since 1894. Increasingly, even the marches and the parades became really opportunities to, to be for a patriotic holiday, more than actually a celebration of labor, per se. But the union makes us strong. We have paid holidays because of the labor movement. We have a eight-hour day because of the labor movement. We have paid vacations because of the labor movement. We have health care, those of us who still have it, because of the labor movement. And it's a chance really to recognize those kinds of games. But over time, it's become much more than that. It has become, for all of us, the marker of the end of summer, the beginning of school, an opportunity for picnics, for barbecues. In its own way, ironically, Labor Day is as much about consumption as it is about labor nowadays. I'd like to think that the problems facing labor and unemployment are on people's minds. I'm sure that they are on people's minds. I'm not sure that Labor Day is triggering those concerns anymore. And that's unfortunate. Jazz is alive at WMNF. Tune in Sunday evenings at 8 for Colors of Jazz at our new time, featuring new releases from new artists, old favorites, international jazz from Europe, Asia, and Canada, covering everything from big band swing to bop to fusion. We play it all, plus specials celebrating the music of giants like Ellington, Miles Davis, Pat Metheny, Quincy Jones, Chick Corea, even Frank Zappa. We play the music you'll hear no place else on the radio. Check out our interviews with local jazz musicians. Jazz is what America sounds like, and it's yours to listen to come Sunday evening. If you can't catch us live, play it back from the archives. You are tuned to Community Speaks right now here on WMNF Radio. My name is Patrick Mobili, your host for this public affairs program. And yeah, tune in to Colors of Jazz on Sunday evenings from 8 to 10. But we were listening before that break about why we started celebrating Labor Day. It began out of a violent strike, where a strike by rail workers that was put down violently by the government. And people were... Uh, the president at the time, Grover Cleveland, wanted to uh, make amends and began a special day to celebrate workers. And so the Pullman strike 
which began on May 11, 1894. It was during a heightened economic depression when the Pullman Palace Car Company factory workers walked out because of failed labor negotiations. Even with the help of the American Railway Union, no compromise could be obtained, but the ARU responded on June 20th by refusing to work trains that included Pullman cars. By the end of June, 50,000 workers went on strike in the associated Pullman boycott resulted in the shutdown of most of the nation's railroad freight and passenger traffic west of Detroit during the summer of 1893. And so we come today to a time where the United Auto Workers are clashing with the big three automakers. And they show off a more confrontational union as a strike deadline looms. So they're back in a position where they're, they are planning on all possibly using the strike option. Uh, they want a 46% pay raise, a 32-hour week with a 40 hours of pay. So uh, a restoration of traditional pensions, the demands that a more combative United Auto Workers Union has pressed on General Motors. Stellantis, which is a, gonna, one of the newest electric vehicle companies, and Ford, which is moving into electric vehicles, are edging it closer to a strike when its contract ends on September the, tw- uh, September the 14th. So the United Auto Workers are pressing their demands in a new era, in this era where we've been faced with quite a few economic crises and workers' pay have not kept up. So the unions have stepped in once again, but also, as we heard, as we did here in Florida, we used the political uh, referendum to uh, slowly raise the minimum wage here in the state of Florida. And uh, that has raised the workers' profile or the way workers are treated here in Florida, raised that up from on a in the polls from 37% to 30% believe that Florida, well, not percent, but Florida ranked 30th among all U.S. states, including Puerto Rico and Washington, D.C., as a, a state that has uh, become one of the best places or one of the worst places, depending on how you feel about placing number 30th out of a uh, out of 50 states if that is a good ranking or a bad ranking I want to hear from you 813-239-9663 but as I said Florida has risen 7 spots on this best and worst states to work index called BWSI index the best and worst states to work in and due in part like I said to a voter approved ballot initiative in 2020 to raise the minimum wage to $15 statewide by 2026. Uh, Florida leads all other states in the southeast across nearly every metric, but that's not saying much since five of the other six states in the region, North Carolina, Mississippi, Georgia, South Carolina, and Alabama, sat at the bottom of this list. And so the top five on the list are California, Oregon, New York, Washington State, and Washington, D.C., and have some of the strongest minimum wages in the country provide paid leave, ensure child labor protections, and through them, California, Oregon, and Washington have the have heat standards for outdoor workers. 
Florida really needs that, especially for its migrant workers who work outside and they basically are treated as invisible citizens, as invisible people because they're not documented citizens. Meanwhile, all five of the lowest ranking states have minimum wages stuck at the federal level at $7.25. None mandate paid leave. All, like the state of Florida, have so-called right-to-work laws prohibiting union security agreements through which employees could otherwise be able to negotiate employment contracts that require all benefiting members to contribute to the cost of representation in negotiations. So there's all of these tricks that states use, especially Florida. Florida has long used that trick of the so-called right-to-work, which is Orwellian in nature, (laughs) To say you have a right to work, but that only means they have a right to fire you without cause. Uh, So the Florida worker, how, how are you feeling as a worker in Florida? Will you look forward to the $15 an hour that we won't reach until the year 2026 statewide in this country? And who knows what political shenanigans will the right wing engage in to make sure that doesn't happen. There was an attempt in some other states to make it impossible to change the Constitution or to bring referendums and get them on a ballot by getting enough votes, uh, signatures to put a ballot initiative together, uh, making anything that the people, that the voters want to do and workers want to do to empower themselves is becoming increasingly harder as State legislatures engage in all kinds of stopgap measures to keep people powerless, keep people from taking advantage of the power that they do have. Uh, while at the same time, we see people being mistreated, being uh, politically uh, drowned out on the streets uh, because of the culture wars that are going on here. But from strikes to new union contracts, these organizing roots are especially strong this year. Uh, Labor Day is uh, becoming an opportunity for us to really look at where is our strength as workers and as voters. But the activist roots of the holiday are especially visible. This year, as I said, unions challenge how workers are treated. And as you heard in the news headlines from Hollywood to the auto production lines of Detroit, because we have all been hearing about the actors and writers strike in which there's an application of new technologies. Every time there is some new technological process progress, they their workers who feel as if they're going to be impacted by this technological change. And so we have, Actors who feel as and writers who feel as though artificial intelligence, the AI technology, is going to replace them on the job, uh, whether writing script through you know AI artificial intelligence or by scanning actors' faces and bodies and casting them in movies that they have no idea they're in because a scan is really hired to do the job. But, you know, are there ways to empower yourself even as we've seen historically? A lot of the fears, technological fears, often 
don't pan out and we can actually improve our work life and improve our, our salaries by upgrading our skills to the new technology, which is possibly and more likely going to happen in the case of AI. Um, but there's historical rhyming between the period of the origins of Labor Day and today. And, uh, but how do you feel about it? How do you feel about the politics of labor, how workers are disempowered uh, by the politics of our times, and even the politics of the culture wars? How does that translate to workers and economic justice in this country? 813-239-9663 is the number to call if you want to talk about Labor Day and labor issues here on Community Speaks. You can also write me at djwmnf.org. And uh, we, you know, we can have a searing discussion about what is happening around us. We have one emailer who has written about the, auto, the electric car maker, Stellantis. Um, they say it's not new. You're right. It's prob- it isn't new. It is with the fourth largest legacy car manufacturer worldwide formed two years ago when Fiat Chrysler and the manufacturer of several primarily French brands merged. So it is, you're right, it is the result of a merger. And because of that, I, you know, hadn't heard of the Stellantis until earlier than two years ago. So I called it new, but it was the result of a merger. 813-239-9663. And I thank you for that clarification on Stellantis. Uh, But we're going to see you know, electric vehicle automakers continuing to face the tradi- these traditional issues of how to treat workers, how to reward workers, and how not to discriminate against workers. And workers, of course, standing up for themselves. Is the union still the vehicle, the best vehicle to do that? This is Labor Day 2023. And we're all talking about how workers are are trying to empower themselves or attempting to empower themselves, how voters are trying to help in that process. Uh, We're seeing we're going to see whether or not the auto workers union will take the strike option uh, or will they finally come to some kind of an understanding with the big three automakers. Uh, the number of strikes and threatened strikes is growing, as I said, involving Hollywood, actors and writers, sizable settlements with railroads and major concessions by corporate giants like UPS. Uh, they had to sat- uh, satisfy their workers' contract ne- in the contract negotiations over the summer. We've been faced with the potential for the summer of strikes, and so workers were really uh, pushing their power. The fact that they could strike over the summer, we've seen workers make an attempt to uh, empower themselves in negotiations by pointing out they have the strike option. Uh, so who won the UAW's presidency this year was Sean Fain. He is the one negotiating right now. Uh, he's That was his first direct election by members. He has set high expectations and assured union members that they can achieve significant gains if they're willing to walk the picket line. Um, 
in a speech to a Labor Day crowd in Detroit, this uh, Sean Fine said that if companies don't come up with a fair contract, September the 14th, we're going to take action to get it by any means necessary. He's characterized the contract talks with Detroit automakers as a form of war between billionaires and ordinary middle-class workers. And last month, in an act of showmanship during a Facebook Live event, Fain condemned the contract proposal from Stellantis as trash and tossed a copy of it into a wastebasket where it belongs, uh, he said. And over the past decade, the Detroit Three have emerged as robust profit makers. They've collectively posted net income of $164 billion over the past decade, $20 billion of it this year alone. And the CEOs of all three major automakers earn multiple millions in annual compensation. So, you know, why put workers through all of this trouble when, you know, you're making wild profits? You, you're, you're sending CEOs home with uh, parachute, uh, with, with golden parachutes of, of, uh, of pensions. And uh, you have bonuses being paid at the top. See to the top CEOs why are you giving workers a hard time over the things that they're they're asking for. As I said, a forty-six percent pay raise. That's less than half of what they're making now. Thirty-two hour week with a forty hours of pay. I don't think that's asking too much. You know, people need a little bit more flexibility in this day and age. Uh, the traditional. <laughs> Eight hours, you know, while that was also a game by unions uh, that was won by unions, it was still an important, it's still an important thing to remember that it would not have happened. And these companies would have been glad to just work you hours and hours and hours on end for no extra pay, no overtime pay, none of these things. And so in the interest of economic justice, somebody has to always be vigilant, keep their eye on the ball for these things that workers need to empower themselves. And I think Labor Day is always the perfect opportunity to really delve deeply into just what our powers are as voters and as workers. 813-239-9663. See that you have been really calling in to see if we can weigh in on all of these issues. Uh, we've raised a couple of issues. So we're going to go straight away to the telephone lines. 813-239-9663. I'm going to go to Wesley Chapel first and see what David has to say. Go ahead, David. You're on Community Speaks. Hey, Medea. Hey, great show today. Thank you. Um, one thing I, I find interesting, um, my ex-wife used to work for Mosaic, you know, the big uh, phosphate mining company. Mm-hmm. And um, Almost all the hourly employees there were union guys and had been for years and years. But they, I always thought it was weird because they kind of vote against their own interests and vote for, like, Trump, which is, <laughs> you know, the corporate jerk raider guy who, um, you know, stiffs his small business vendors. And, you know, he's, he's just um, probably seems like the worst anti-union kind of guy. Mm. Yet they vote against their own interests. And, yeah. Um, because they were voting their feelings. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think that the anti-immigration stuff resonated with them, too. And there's maybe a little bit of racism 
you know, stirred in there too. Mm. Um, but I, I, I still think that that's the, the good old boy vote, <laughs> you know, that, that, that Trump got, that, that's just the biggest con in history for him to, to attract that vote. <laughs> yeah. He is the New York jerk, you know, and I, they, they would never, I don't think they would have voted for him, you know, maybe 30 years prior, but now they do. It's just crazy. Right. Yeah, it, it is crazy. As you say, voting against their own interests because this guy has shown a propensity to go out of his way not to care. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, very much. And he cares about himself. Exactly. Numero, numero uno, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's be, I'm afraid that's becoming uh, a, a normal thing on the right wing side. Yeah, I think you're right. Hey, David. Thank you for calling us from Wesley Chapel. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. 813-239-9663. I'm going to go all the way to Mango and talk to Brother Ron. Go ahead. Ron, you say what here on Labor Day? Hey, uh, happy Labor Day to you. For what it's worth, you know, our mm. neighbor is in some bad shape, though, right now. I mean, the, lab- uh, the laborers are yelling for more pay, more pay, more pay. Mm-hmm. While at the same time, on the table, they're kind of disenfranchising the workforce by instituting programs like I learned from a situation with my son that they have, you know, like you have compensation on the job if something happens to you. Yeah. Those people with a, a mediator, I'd say that's what they call it. So you no longer have to deal with the insurance company. You deal with this mediator who was overlooking the process who has no accountability to anybody about anything other than trying to keep costs down. Sounds like a downward move CEO. <laughs> like you put a CEO down, he don't make that much money, but he learns how to take other people's money and set costs. Yeah. Yeah. They, I hate that. I've always hated that idea. They call him a mediator or an ombudsman or something, but it seemed like it was intended to uh, be a cynical answer by the company to uh, union protection, you know. Yeah. So, you know, you have this mediator who's, like you said, who's supposed to keep costs down, which means he's just a tool for the company. Yeah, bias, bias, implicit biasness right there. That's what I'm saying. It's against the worker. And I was right. looking at something else I heard you say just to spin up a little bit so I give you your time back. Uh, I was looking, I tried to find the name of it. But Bank of America has this electric car. I had never heard of it. I was looking online for something else, and it popped up, so I showed it to my son. Mobile, the thing starts at a hundred and something thousand dollars. Wow. And it's luxurious, and I've never heard of it, never seen it. So I'm looking online like I was talking to you, and I'm looking at all these things, because uh, I tried to look it up, so I had it for you. But what I did find out is Bank of America is giving $4,000 incentive to his employees to buy electric. They're uh, investing in electric stuff, and they got all these incentives. If you buy electric, they uh, bundle the cost with the charges. They got all this stuff for electric cars already. And then yeah. At the end of this yeah. article, they got Lotus. You were talking about Ford. Lotus has already made a deal, so this was in January 2023, to come in and start making cars here. Lotus, and let me get to the bottom of it right quick. That'd be the right name. Just Lotus. There's a loader, 5.4 million S-Pack deal. Yeah, so that's coming. 
I thought it was another one, but it's Lotus. It was, they was mixed with somebody else. Lotus text to go public in the U.S. via deal with L after S T A E, and they got a big picture of a Wall Street sign up there. So mm. yeah, so they pushing that real hard to get rid of some of the competitors because all kind of people on this particular thing with electric vehicles that I've never heard of. Like, yeah. You know, you can sell everywhere, but these people got everybody's making them. So it's like, what the hell? Am I lost or something? No. <laughs> yeah, that's called competition, and uh, they can't yeah. leave any money on the table when you see the the competition is is going in a certain direction, and you got to go too. And they don't care. I mean, I think it might be moving way too fast because you know Tesla did not figure out the he yeah he got too many problems because he didn't figure out how to really do it. <laughs> you know, so cars blowing up. charging stations, you know, they just figured out that you could make the charging hose fit. The same one that fit the Tesla can fit your car as well, even if it's not a Tesla, but you know, they should have already constructed it that way, but I think Tesla wanted a specifically constructed hose so that you only Teslas can go to him. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, instead of thinking outside the box and recognizing that if you're going to be a successful firm, you have to be translatable across industries. Yeah. And he got, uh, what I don't like about him is you got to buy his app. His car keeps getting updated. You got to buy all the updates. You can't go to nobody but him to fix your car, the warranties, his boy. I heard a guy tell me only certain people can change the tire on them cars. I'm like, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm glad to hear the pros with the cars. I don't want to just hear about them pros. <laughs> yeah. Well, I need you, bro. You're having a great show, so I just put that in there because the stuff people don't think about. And a lot of people clamoring, when are you going to do this? When are you going to, nah, well, when the gas stops going, I guess I'll be on to something else. I ain't yeah. to do that. Don't rush because they got a long way to go. Plus, they're already, some of these capitalist concerns are already uh, take the lead on flying cars. And I'm not ready for that yet either. No more uh, than I was I ready for. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see. I told a dude I'm not uh, wanting to be out of space while they want to take it. They went up nine times this last month. And I was telling the guy who was laughing about it, why we can't get some of that money, like I always say, like uh, taking stuff up there, catering to them, whatever, get some of that billion. They're not spending $100 a week or a flight. They're spending hundreds of millions of dollars right in my face like that. Right. Like, and I think, you know, NASA goes up to learn something, but these private companies are sending starships up just for tourism. And, you know, if you're not learning anything, you're wasting time. I mean, there's a lot that we could possibly learn and in, call, in including new energy production, uh, you know, like isotopes off yes, asteroids, you know, to produce energy. You know, those are the kind of things that we need to be learning to, to help 
push society forward, to help push humankind forward, not just to go up there and waste time. Well, it's a personal personal agenda. You know, like some little kids wants to fly out of space and have a little rocket robot set, so that's what they do. I know that this sort of caters to certain people and their arrogance and ignorance, so there's nothing right. that we could do about it because we're poverty-stricken. And are these private companies protecting the workers and the tourists, really, who are going up there to give them high profile. Thank you, Ron, for calling. Yeah. Make it, hey, make it apropos after a while. You just, oh, fly, fly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they need, we need to learn and do it right. Take our time. Thank you, Ron. All right. Thank you for the show, Bobby Thank you. And this is Community Speaks. Taking your telephone calls, 813-239-9663. Talking about Labor Day, specifically unions. And uh, one emailer, Christine, uh, Christina, wrote, is there uh, talking about union busting bills in Florida. Is there any legal recourse for teachers unions and other unions in the state of Florida in regards to the recent bill that was passed prohibiting paycheck deductions for union dues to be deducted from their paychecks. It is glaringly obvious that discrimination is indeed a huge factor as police officers and firefighter unions are exempt from this. This is a serious labor issue in the state of Florida and this email predicts very negative long-term effects for both teachers and other union members in the state as a result of this if it is not addressed accordingly. You're right, Christina. This is a sort of like a a class divide when it comes to unions. Teachers' unions are mistreated, discounted, pushed down, ignored, while police unions especially can get away with murder, literally get away with murder. Uh, and uh, engaging in, you know, discriminatory violence. You know, two black men were arrested, and um, I think this was... I can't tell you what state that was in, but it, even in Florida, when it comes to the police, the unions are the first thing that they call to protect them no matter what they did. And firefighters unions, you know, we have a little bit more of a soft spot in our hearts for firefighters because they, too, do a very dangerous job. But why exempt firefighters? Teachers do just as dangerous a job, especially in this moment where guns are embraced not only by the adults but by the children going to school with guns and even knives. And uh, teachers are expected to now carry and uh, do the protecting themselves in their classrooms. So, you know, the job of a teacher has gotten even worse. And plus you have these, this headwind from right-wing school boards who now want to watch everything you say and... Uh, potentially throw you out of your job. So teachers really need unions to protect them, and we have more protection for killer cops than we do for teachers who are putting themselves in increasing danger in a gun-toting state like Florida, especially now that you can conceal the weapon. 813-239-9663. But thank you, Christina, for that that email. It raises a lot of uh, different questions. I could go on and on about the class divide when it comes to unions. Uh, one emailer wrote, when Tesla brought out its charging system, it offered the, all the other manufacturers technology for nothing so they could all grow it together. They refused. So maybe I was wrong, but I know that they can't refuse now because people are driving 
cars that are not Tesla, but they are electric cars, and they have no way, nowhere to actually stop and charge up. So it was almost as if, you know, you're setting them up to get stuck, especially if they go on a long trip. Certainly, Elon is a total right-wing crackpot. Now, this email goes on to say, but the accomplishments of the Tesla company in establishing electric cars is undeniable. Uh, they, but you have to wonder why they're falling on the, especially when it comes to good governance in terms of governing your company in terms of discrimination. And uh, I don't know if he was really prepared well for, like, if there was a, a technical problem in your car, he could personally call his company and get them to drop everything and help him, but can the average customer get that kind of response? 813-239-9663. But, yeah, I won't discount the fact that, you know, we want to replace fossil fuels. That, you know, you can appreciate a Tesla, but he stole the name of the original Tesla and a lot of his ideas uh, were also taken up by even Nathan B. Stubblefield, who recognized the, the wireless, how to create wireless technology back in the 1890s, who is the uh, standard, bear, the name bearer of our foundation here at WMF. 813-239-9663. Uh, I'm reading, I'm looking at another email. It looks like they didn't complete, but they were talking about cops and firefighters Union protected. Um, I'm not sure if I got the whole email. Uh, you said the uh, t- uh, cops and firefighters union protected. Some of those who work forces are the same who burn crosses. Okay. And this union uh, considers police unions one of the largest threats to Americans. Uh, so that comes from town and country. That's interesting. 813-239-9663. I'm going to go back to the telephone lines, talk to Pat. Before we have to get out and make room, I certainly thank you for all of your telephone calls and emails. Go ahead, Pat from Tampa. You say what? I just say thank you so much for doing this show. It is really excellent and thank so you. refreshing. And I've you just put out a list at the top um, about the unions and the minimum wage in Florida, which... I, I think that's a lot. Seriously, it's not an ad, but uh, that was funded by that um, referendum question was funded by the millions by attorney John Morgan, who put that on the ballot for us to be able to, um, you know, move the minimum wage up every year. Yeah. And man, I think it was, I, you know, it had to get 60% of the vote. I think it got 62 or 64. I didn't look it up before I talked to you, but. Um, you know, it has been, I think for us, a game changer, mm-hmm. um, as you had mentioned, the other states around still at like seven twenty-five an hour. Um, mm-hmm. not that, you know, the wages that people are getting are not enough still. Um, and $15 in 2026 won't be enough, but it will be mm-hmm. double what other people are getting if, if we can't change, uh, anything federally. It's just. In, just incredible that people are working for you know those kinds of uh, you know wages. Yeah. It's just they it really is poverty wages. It it's, is. Uh, it's it's disgusting. Um, but I did want to give him credit because 
um, that was, uh, it was, and the people of Florida who voted for it, um, and, you know, that was some years ago, and I guess this uh, September 30th, every year, I wait, um, that's when it will go up to $12 a year, um, which is, it's a good thing for a lot, a lot of people. Um, they're getting $5 more, or actually $4 more in Florida than they would have if that had never been passed, so, um, and, and continue to, to hike up, and I think it's a Excellent thing. And I'll just say spot on with everything from the um, information about the uh, Pullman strike to the uh, teachers unions to the uh, I, I, the arbitrators being usually uh, mm-hmm. brought in by the companies or supported by the companies. Um, you know, uh, I'm not sure how, how many contracts have the independent arbitrators, but that's even for consumers as well. Um mm-hmm. You know, a lot of extracting money from um, the middle class, and you know, the, the actually we could almost say the ninety nine percent, but let's say the ninety percent or the eighty percent, um, extracting their dollars and uh, just moving it up um, to the the uh, top of the food chain. Right. Um, and also, Elon Musk. I mean, wow, you're right on with uh, with that and uh, where all that is going. So. I just want to thank you a lot because I don't get to hear this kind of discussion very much, but I think about it a lot. Yeah. I think it's incredibly important. So I'm glad this Labor Day that you're doing this and you're bringing so much information. You can just tell that you did a lot of work um, on all of this and that you think about it too. So yes. um, thanks for uh, putting it out there today because it's, um, it's significant in, um, in so many of our lives. Yeah. But thank you, Pat. Thank you for that vote of confidence, and thank you for calling. Okay, sir. See ya. Bye-bye. Russell, we're going to go and talk to Russell real quick. You say what, Russell? Hey, Mabili. Uh, you know, would you, if half the country is Democrat and half is Republican, how do you account for only 10% of the workers being unionized? Well, I think unions have been totally demonized, you know, and, and especially when it comes to the the dues, the union dues. Uh, I guess people have felt like, you know, the propaganda against unions has worked and that is not worth paying to be part of the union, but a lot has been accomplished because of unions. So these are, un- 90% of the country is uninformed about this? Is that your point? No, that wasn't my point. <laughs> just, well, maybe that might have been sounded like it was my point but i think that they've just that unions has been demonized politically so much so it's not that they're uninformed i just think that the information that they they're being fed constantly about unions is negative and people feel like it isn't worth it when they have other things that they have to pay for in their everyday lives so you don't think people thought through it and went, you know, I think I'm going to come down on the side of not being in a union. I've thought through this. I've done the math. Um, no, I think I'll- humans are very complex. I'm certain we've a lot of people have thought about that and, and decided, yeah, this, in the way they thought about it, they decided not to be a part of it and pay for a union. But we can't deny the fact that they've we've all benefited, you know, the eight hour workday. It's the first thing that springs to mind. So, you know, you know, that wouldn't have happened if it had not been some effort to get that done. Because if they could work you all day, they would. 
Thank you for your call. 813-239-9663. Let me go and read some more emails because I am running out of time. I could just do this all day talking to you about what is happening in the world. Um, this is a painful to listen to. One emailer has written uh, to find some way to villainize electric cars. I'm not trying to villainize electric cars. I think electric cars are a wonderful idea to replace fossil fuels. Uh, so I agree with you. Electric cars are a good thing. Range anxiety is not a myth. People are, uh, there are people, antidotes of people. Maybe it's just an antidote, but I think the people are concerned about that. The 250 mile range is, is necessary. Uh, I'm looking forward, you know, I want to be somebody who's driving uh, for people in courtesy car, in, but I'm waiting for an electric car program to start with Uber or with Lyft so that I could do that and not use my own fossil fuel car. So I'm looking forward to electric cars, but I also don't want to be blown up. I don't want the the car to take on a mind of his own because I wasn't paying enough attention. And I think that that happens too in a lot of people's behavior. So I think that it just needs to be thought through. Let me go and see what Trent has to say in the last minute of the show. Go ahead, Trent. You say what? Hi. Um, I just wanted to respond to the last caller about only 10% of the workers being in unions. And my husband is an electrician and he says that if he goes to a different company, that's a company that uses unions. And the company that the workers are all in a union, they, like, don't get as many jobs, which I thought mm -hmm. was really interesting. Wow. Yeah. So just a possible part of the explanation there. I'm not sure why it happens, but I know he's told me that yeah. before. Yeah, I just think it's anything to make it harder for the workers, be for the union to exist and help workers. Unless, of course, you're the police and firefighters union, especially the police union. Yeah, funny how that works. <laughs> yeah. Never see them demonized. Thank you, Trent. Thank you. I think that's my time. We're getting close to the end of the hour. We're getting close to headlines from National Public Radio News. And then up next, of course, Blanny is coming, bringing back the music. It's the music is coming your way next hour. Keep it tuned for the rest of the day here on Labor Day as we continue to bring you some of the best programming, uh, especially music programming here on a Monday here on WNF Radio 88.5 FM. And I'm going to go ahead and get out and make room for instant music and for National Public Radio News. But keep it tuned. You can also continue to follow me at Critical Times Radio on Facebook. That's Mobilio. And uh, But you can type in Critical Times Radio and you'll get to the same place. And uh, it's been wonderful talking to you here on Labor Day, celebrating.